Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! And then there were two, just two from the Big Sky Conference left in the final eight of the FCS playoffs. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. Super long, super fun weekend on this end. Of course, I'm out of breath because I was sprinting down because I forgot my water bottle at home. And uh, need to go get a little drink. So here we are, starting off this here live radio show with me gasping for air. (laughs) Hope you had a great weekend. Mine was outstanding. One of the best weekends of my life. Got married on Friday. It was an unbelievable thrill. It was it was one of the thrills of my lifetime. And uh, it, it was awesome to be there, awesome to do it. And uh, I must say, <laughs> I enjoyed every second of it. It was so awesome. I'm also glad that we don't have to talk about planning it anymore. <laughs> because now we can just sit here and talk about football. Tons of stuff to get to today. We're going to go through all of the eight FCS playoff games from over the uh, weekend. We'll also go through an entire slate of NFL. Pretty standard Monday show for you here. The first Monday show, though, of December. And for the first time in a long time, the first time since I have been sort of the captain of the ship, we are still talking about Montana. We're still talking about Idaho. And after today... It's going to be a little while till we talk about Montana State again. What a result. Well, first of all, what re- what results across the board for the Big Sky Conference's teams? The first game of the day on Saturday involving the Big Sky, Sac State at South Dakota. South Dakota took the upper hand early, and they kind of just strangled Sac State. Uh, they ended up winning 34-24, South Dakota did. So the, the Yotes, number three seed in the bracket, 
They're into the quarterfinals. Sac State's season ends, but they did have a nice playoff win last week at UND. That was not any sort of unusual. That was about how we expected it to go. But then, in Bozeman, truly one of the most incredible games I've ever covered. A lot of bright spots for both Montana State and North Dakota State. A lot of head scratchers. An incredibly poorly officiated game. And then an ending like I have never seen before. We'll get into that here in just a little while. And then we get to the evening games. And (laughs) Andrew sent out a tweet of what Washington Grizzly Stadium looked like uh, when he first got there. And then 10, 15 minutes later, my brother sends me a video of a complete blizzard. (laughs) And then the entire field is completely covered in snow. They said snow flurries. I think that was a little bit more than a flurry. And a winter wonderland descended upon uh, Washington Grizz and the Delaware Blue Hens appeared like they were caught in a blizzard. Montana, certainly, um, here's the thing I think is the craziest part about this Grizz team. They can and could have played a lot better than they did on Saturday. And yet they still completely roll the number 11 team in the country. 49-19, the Grizz blast Delaware, and they're on to the quarterfinals. That's now, count them up, eight in a row for the Montana Grizzlies. So they're as red hot as they've been at any time in the last 10, 12 years. So impressive for Montana. And then, (laughs) if you ever wondered what's the value of a kicker, well, Idaho's still playing because they got a great one, and Montana State's not because they've had so many kicking struggles. Down in uh, Moscow, the um, the Vandals block a field goal, or they, they tip a, a potentially game-winning field goal by Southern Illinois at the end of regulation. Then in overtime, they get a stop, they get an interception, and then Ricardo Chavez pounds through a field goal and Idaho emerges. First playoff win for the Vandals in 30 years. So we will break down all the things that we saw uh, over the weekend. Three big things about the Grizz. Three big things about the Cats. We got some sound bites from both post-game press conferences. Uh, and then hour number two, of course, we'll talk all things college football because uh, Marty Mornaweg, while he's the uh, color commentator for the TV broadcast for the Grizz and obviously a Grizz alum, uh, former All-American quarterback for the Grizzlies, he... Uh, his son, Bobby Cade, coaches at North Dakota State, so he was actually at the game in Bozeman. The games being spaced out was actually nice because I think a lot of people got to watch uh, both sides. Uh, and and sort of the way that the scheduling worked, if you really wanted to, you could have watched all four Big Sky games pretty much in totality without any crossover. So we'll get Coach Morningweg's thoughts on the, the uh, FCS playoffs, also the big-time college football playoffs, and then, of course, We'll talk all things NFL in this uh, week's edition of the Monday Afternoon Quarterback. It's Montana's brand of NFL, presented by Montana's brand of banking. So there you go. That's what's coming up here on um, Nuwata's Now today. I I haven't even told you, in case you're new here. I'm Coulter Nuwata's. Appreciate you for tuning in here on this fine Monday. If you want to be a part of the show, you always can. 406-888-1029. 406-888-1029. That's 888 And all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Stream it. You can always do it on the ESPN MT app or uh, on 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live, and there you will find the stream. And, uh, of course, you can always listen on the radio, 102.9 FM, between 4 and 6 p.m. each weekday or on SWX Montana Television 
or uh, on the ESPN MT app. I already gave you the best of the weekend. I got hitched. It was so funny. I went to the press conference down there at the University of Montana, recorded my weekly podcast hit with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. By the way, i got to remind you, uh, Riley hosts his coach's show each Wednesday at 6.30 down there at Finn. Um, but he wasn't there last week, but it wasn't because it was the playoffs. I've heard a lot of confusion about this because some stuff you're not allowed to do it during the playoffs. It gets like, I don't know, there's just certain NCAA rules where you can't do this, you can't do that. They can do the coaches show. The only reason there wasn't a coaches show last week is because Riley was in Reno for um, the Montana men's basketball team's game at Nevada. So there will be a coaches show this week at Finn uh, if you if you are so inclined. Anyways, I was down there recording my Big State Breakdown hit with Riley, and um, <laughs> he's like, congrats, man, congrats on getting married. Where's your ring? And I was like, oh, well... <laughs> I'm I'm one day in. Uh, washed the dishes last night. I was a good husband though. I made made dinner last night for uh, my wife's f- family, and uh, and I washed the dishes and I left my ring on the counter. So I went my first work day as a married man with without my ring on. So off to a hot start. It's all uphill from here. <laughs> Either way though, like I said, it was one of the great thrills of my life. It was it was epic. Uh, we did it up in the Mission Valley, up in Saint Ignatius, and. Uh, Frigid, windy, probably have frostbite on my ears, and it couldn't have gone any better. I loved every second of it, and uh, certainly feel so good about that in my life moving forward. And uh, as good as this show has ever been, it's going to be nothing but better from here on out. Because now I don't have to worry about that. Now I, I got I got one of the main things in life. I got it done. So here we are. So appreciate you for enduring. I know the schedule has been a little chaotic around here, but uh, I know these guys... Did a good job holding it down for me uh, last week. Uh, even though I, I, you probably heard me plenty on on the show on Friday, I actually wasn't here. So um, there you go. That was my best of the weekend. Andrew, how about you? Um, the the Grizz game looked nothing short of quintessentially Montana on the first Saturday of December. It was so funny. Uh, you know, my mom's a season ticket holder, and I know a lot of people are going to games, and it seemed like everybody got there pretty good uh, timing. I think people have figured out, you know, hey, get your butt in the stadium a little earlier, and then you won't have to complain about the lines. But it seemed like everybody was in there, and it was pretty clear, and then all of a sudden, whiteout. <laughs> so what do you think of just the uh, the scene on Saturday? Yeah, that's a real best of the weekend for me. I wasn't sure we were going to get one like that, but even though, you know, it's a second round playoff game and it turned into a blowout, every one of those whiteout games at Washington Grizzly, those night games with the snow, you can't take any one of them for granted. It's just a it's a beautiful and exciting and unique atmosphere in the stadium on a night like that, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to be a part of. I'm glad you got to experience it. I'm glad everybody else got to experience it. I'm also particularly glad that Clifton McDowell got to experience it, because he's he's from Houston, Texas, and uh, he never played in a game like that before. Probably a little bit indicative of the fact that he threw an interception on his first pass, but then he was pretty much nails uh, after that, and uh, for those that are wondering... Montana, first of all, here, here's your FCS scoreboard from over the weekend. Nuwaz Dow, ESPN Radio. Part of the Montana Football Hour. Probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. 
Number one, South Dakota State, no problem with Mercer of the SoCon. They went 41 nothing. Montana, 49-19. They cruised past Delaware. South Dakota, uh, they outlast Sac State, 34-24. Idaho, as we mentioned, wins on a last second. Well, I guess not even a last second. A walk-off field goal in overtime because there's no time on the clock during overtime in college. So Idaho wins 2017 over Southern Illinois. U Albany of the uh, Coastal Athletic Association, they uh, they beat Richmond 41-13. North Dakota State, 35-34 in overtime on a blocked extra point over Montana State. We're on A lot more on that game here coming up in a minute. Furman, they beat their SoCon rival, um, Chattanooga, 26-7. So the Paladins coming across the country from Greensville, South Carolina, to Missoula, Montana, and then Villanova. Uh, they have no trouble with Youngstown State. So here's the way that the schedule looks for this upcoming weekend. Friday night game is here in Missoula. So we will have Friday night lights at Washington Grizzly Stadium. It's been a minute since uh, we've had that. We almost always do ESPN College Game Day uh, broadcasts before Grizz home games. Well, the Grizz kick at 7 on Friday, so... We're just going to do this show. It's going to be a dual purpose at ESPN College Game Day, plus a Nuanas Now, live from 4 to 6, leading up to that 7 p.m. kickoff. So that should be very fun. Uh, looking forward to that. And actually, on our end, is is awesome because it, the College Game Day, for as fun as it is to see everybody, it's also really uh, it's a, it's a labor of love for sure. you got to get everything set up down there. And uh, to, to be determined where we're broadcasting from on Friday, but, I, I you know, it's Whenever we have the college game day, I got to come up with an hour and a half or two hours extra of content. This way, it's just going to be a, a nuanas now that's FCS playoff heavy, and we'll roll you right into Montana's game against Furman. By the way, a rematch of the 2001 national championship game. Montana won that one 13 to six. A lot of guys on that Grizz team would tell you should have been 13 nothing. The Paladins scored late in that game. Uh, but a a all-time great victory for Montana in that 2001 National Championship game. And crazy to think, but that was the last time the Montana Grizzlies won the National Championship. So we'll, we'll see if their, uh, their revenge tour some, agent, some, some uh, 20 to 30 years later can continue. Obviously, Delaware, last time those two teams had played was 30 years ago. So Montana got their revenge, you know, more than a quarter century later. The other uh, FCS playoff games, three of them on Saturday – Villanova's at South Dakota State. That one kicks at 10 a.m. North Dakota State is at South Dakota. That is a network television game. So nationally televised on ABC. So first time that South Dakota ever will be on national TV. So pretty cool. And then the night game, the the night cap. Albany plays at Idaho. That one kicks at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. So for those keeping track at home, that's 10 p.m. East Coast time for the Great Danes as they make their way across the country. So not only do they got to go from Albany, New York to Moscow, Idaho, but <laughs> the Great Danes body clocks are going to be saying it's, it's bedtime, about 10 p.m. So uh, we'll see. That's going to be a, a fascinating challenge on that end as well. Let's hear from the head coach uh, of the Montana Grizzlies, the Grizz. Uh, now into their quarterfinals of the Division One AA slash FCS playoffs for the first time, uh, excuse me, for the 15th time in school history, the third time in five years, and the seventh time overall 
under head coach Bobby Houck. It feels a little different than it has the last two times. We'll discuss why here in a minute, but here's Coach Houck on uh, just his opening statement from his press conference after his team's 49-19 win over uh, Delaware on Saturday night in Missoula. He's nothing if not consistent. Bobby Houck lobbying for 1 p.m. kickoffs, even if it means his team's not on national TV uh, under the Friday night lights. It's no is now ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash, located here on Radio Way, right next door to us at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Andrew, is Bobby Houck's... Um, Objections to night games, funny, silly, or both? I think it's just funny. I mean, he's 100% serious. Oh, he's 100% serious. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, he's just a guy who's been used to playing football at noon or 1 p.m. for his entire life, and he doesn't really want to change. And I Here, think that's funny and also kind of, like, humanizing. It, it is definitely humanizing. There is also the funny part, though, where... He was the head coach at UNLV for five years. Yeah. They played nothing but night games, really, during his time there with the Rebels. And uh, now this Grizz team has played, I believe, eight, this will be their eighth night game this year. Yeah. And they are, correct me if I'm wrong, undefeated in night games this year. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, as one of our good buddies, Pete Hamill, uh, our guy at Vertical Rays, like he was texting me on... Uh, over the weekend sometime, he said, why does Coach Elk not like night games? It seems like Washington Grizzly Stadium at night is like a cheat code for the Grizz. It seems like that's what it was on, on Saturday night. Definitely what it was on, on Saturday night. Yeah, I uh, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to put much stock in that, though, right? Like, we need to be playing at night because we keep winning. He's right. just like, we'll play whenever. His consternation from night games comes from the fact that he's one of these crazy people that gets up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Th- that's why he doesn't like night games because 10, 10 p.m. is far past his bedtime. 
mine too at this point. But it is it is sort of funny. I also think that he just you know he's just got his shtick, and then that's just what he's gonna stick with, you know. So I mean, he said you know today he says in in the press conference today, which by the way I'll, I'll have it up at SkylineSportsMT.com. It was a really hectic turnaround today because football they're in the playoffs, so they 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 talked for quite a while, about twenty five minutes. And uh, then Lady Grove's basketball team came up as well. And Coach, Coach Holsinger, Brian Holsinger, he's so good with the media. And, and we haven't really got a chance to have a sort of like season preview type stuff. So that, that's coming up later on this week. We'll play some of that from Brian Holsinger and Bobby Houck from earlier. But uh, it, it was sort of a, a quick turnaround. So I haven't got those press conference things up. But uh, Coach Houck was so funny. and so quintessential Bobby today when he's praising Furman's quarterback. Not because of how he throws it, or not because of how he runs it. He did praise him for those two things as well. But number one thing, he says, well, I found out this kid's in the in the ROTC. He's in the Army Reserves. So he's he's my type of guy. <laughs> it's just so funny. Bobby Hawk in a different lifetime could have been a, a general in the United States military, but instead uh, he is a football coach. More on the Grizz in a little while. We got three big things about the Grizz and three big things about the Cats. But we must talk about... What was the biggest game of the second round of the FCS playoffs? What was the most competitive game? I mean, I guess the Idaho game was very competitive as well. They went into overtime and came down to a final kick. But the the Montana State-North Dakota State game was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I thought the chess match was very real. Both teams were doing things that I don't think anybody could have predicted. I think so much of that comes from the familiarity that the two coaching staffs have with each other. Of course, Brent Deegan was there at NDSU from 1993 till 97 as a player, and then from 98 until 2013 as a coach. Willie Matt Garza, the defensive coordinator for the Cats, he formerly coached at NDSU. Taylor Housewright was a graduate assistant, the OC for the Cats. Tons of ties across the board for uh, Montana State's coaching staff to NDSU. And uh, same thing on the other side. So a, a ton of familiarity going into the matchup, and... Tyler Rule, the OC of North Coast State, he talked about on this show exactly that, how he expected there to be some wrinkles that maybe neither side was expecting. Like, for example, the Cats don't really blitz. They've hardly blitzed this year. They run this 4-2-5 system, and they really want their front four to get after you. They do a ton of stunting, so there are some line games going on there. But in terms of blitzing their linebackers, they don't really do that. Well, they did on Saturday. They blitzed them a ton. They also were, they were good against the pass. They had Cam Miller, the senior quarterback for NDSU, crossed up quite a bit, and he did not have a very efficient afternoon. They did a pretty good job against North Dakota State's uh, quarterback run game, but North Dakota State was able to pop several gas plays, including a 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the second half, and then uh, another touchdown in the fourth quarter that ended up tying the game at 28-28. It goes to OT. North Dakota State's first overtime possession was uh, probably seven or eight plays long. They kind of just chipped away at it, and then Cam Miller scores the go-ahead touchdown. Montana State shoots right back. Scott Ray Humphrey, who had a, a completely elevated role because Julius Davis, the stud transfer from Wisconsin for the Cats, he was battling turf toe. Jared White never got uh, word on what was going on with him, but he was not available either. So it was basically Scott Ray Humphrey was a true, uh, a true freshman. And um, Lane Sumner... Um, were both 
the, the, the two-man guys. And Scott Trey Humphrey, he scored a 25-yard touchdown on the first play of overtime. And uh, that appeared to tie it. I was standing right in the end zone videoing. So as soon as Humphrey scored, I got him celebrating, and I go to put it on Twitter. So I got my head down, and then I hear, boom. I hear the, the extra point get blocked. And all of a sudden, I look up, and North Dakota State's celebrating like I've never seen a team celebrate before during a, a you know on a visiting team as the visiting team on a home field, and Montana State is in utter shock. It was unbelievable to watch how in shock Montana State was, and I mean that's the agony and ecstasy of the, of sports. We're going to get into what this all means to the Bobcat football team, but what an unbelievable ending it was. Kudos to North Dakota State for sticking in it. They were down 28-21 late in the fourth quarter, and they were able to tie it and then win it. And how about Hunter Pontius? He was the hero of the day. He's a six foot eight senior offensive lineman from MDSU. He doesn't start. He narrowly plays, but they installed this kick block for him, and he took full advantage. And he, he it was his only play in the game, and he blocked the kick. And uh, North Dakota State's moving on. Montana State has to stay home. Here's Brett Vegan following that loss. Uh, very disappointing um, outcome today. I thought our guys really fought hard, uh, really fought hard, and made uh, made a ton of plays, um, but but not enough. We had chances early to grab the momentum. Uh, we didn't uh, take advantage of that. We had certainly chances. It is you know that second half was going on to go up two scores. We didn't do that, and against a program a program like NDSU, uh, a team of that cal- caliber. Um, we left the door open, uh, and it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, but it happened that way. And you know, I'm, I'm really, I am really proud of our our guys and, and you know how they continued to fight. Um, but ultimately, we came up short, and you know, I think we've come a little ways here. Uh, meaning, you know, it's pretty hollow feeling today. Uh, there was one one outcome of this season that was going to probably satisfy us, and uh, we're far from that. Um, so we got a group of seniors that, uh, you know, during their time, the, the course of this football program has changed, and that's uh, they're they're a big part of that. And and it's a group of. Uh, you know, five, six-year guys, uh, six transfers that all found uh, Montana State to be their home and, and gave everything they had to this program. And, and um, you know, I feel I feel bad for those guys because ultimately uh, we, we didn't get it done for them. Um, so, uh, awfully disappointed. Um, you know, certainly want to give NDSU credit. They, uh, they battled. They, they certainly battled, and that's, uh, that's what we expected. Certainly what they expected. I, you know, sports, sports is at the same time so important and not important at all. That's what makes it so fun. Sports matter so much because they don't matter, but they do matter because they bring us all together. They reveal such traits in humans that we want to see and that we hope to cultivate. And like I always say, the the f- freaking out about winning and losing, every single game that is played, someone wins and someone loses. 
There's some teams that win a lot more often than they lose. But I will say it's it's such a... What's the right word? It's such a gratifying human experience to be in the midst of moments like when that extra point was blocked. And gratify, I say gratifying because it's by no means happy. It doesn't make me feel any sort of way other than to see the way that other people are feeling. You feel just heartsick, completely gut-wrenched for the, the guys on the Bobcat side of things. I mean, Nolan Askelson got his bell rung so bad that he staggered off the field and did not play the rest of the first half. Then he came back in the second half. I don't want to debate the morality of all of that because, you know, I don't know what the deal was. I don't want to have that sort of conversation on this here show today. Maybe that's for another time. But my goodness, that guy played like a warrior in the second half. And to see how upset he was afterwards, just rip your heart out. Man, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are the biggest Grizz fan in the world and you hate the Cats. To see that, you would feel a, a little bit for this guy because of how much he poured his heart and soul out on the field. Same thing with Tommy Mallott. The kid basically snapped his leg in this game, and I mean, he was just distraught afterwards. And these guys work so hard. But then on the other side, that's why it's gratifying to be there because you get to see both sides of it. You get to see the roller coaster of emotions. That's why football is the greatest team sport ever created because when your career is done, it is done. You can't just go play football at the park, you know? Like, you can't just go find – you can't just move to a new town and just go find somewhere to play some football. You can with basketball and baseball and all sorts of different sports. Not with football. And I think that's why we hold on to it so much. And we always think – reverently and nostalgically about our old football days. But watching North Dakota State celebrate and seeing the mentality that those guys have after they've been doubted, you know, for the whole second half of the year, and now for the first time ever they have, like, this underdog mentality, and they win in that fashion, and it's a senior who doesn't play, making the play that helps them move on. I mean, I, I always say it, but it's the agony and ecstasy of sports, and it's just it's something that's... Uh, so cool because it's it's so filled with energy. You can just feel it when you're standing in the middle of it as an objective observer, uh, and, and you're you're soaking in both sides. No is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. More on the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. We do three three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com.
Welcome back to Oz Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for tuning in here on this Monday. <clears throat> it is the Montana Football Hour. So, naturally, let's talk some hoops just for one minute, just because it is college hoop season right now. And uh, just wanted to give you a couple tidbits here. First of all, there's several hoops games coming up. Of course, all attention is going to be on the um, football game on Friday night. But well, there's all sorts of basketball games coming up as well. The Men Grizz play Montana State Northern tomorrow night, and they also play Montana Tech on Saturday night. The Lady Grizz play Loyola Marymount at 11.30 on Wednesday. It's the school children day. 5,600 school kids are coming in to, uh, to Dahlberg Arena to cheer on the Lady Grizz as they host Loyola Marymount. And then on uh, Saturday, the Lady Grizz also play uh, against Colorado State. So... Uh, all sorts of, of fun stuff. So here's your here's your linear schedule. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Montana versus Montana State Northern in men's basketball. Wednesday, 11.30 a.m., against Loyola Marymount for the Lady Grizz. Saturday, 1 p.m., Montana Tech for the men Grizz. And then 7 p.m., Saturday night, Colorado State in town. So how about this scheduling by Brian Holsinger and his staff? You get Gonzaga, Washington State, and Colorado State to come to Missoula. Pretty impressive. Uh, for more information on how to uh, get tickets to all these fun events, visit gogrizz.com slash tickets. One other basketball note. The men's basketball game for the Grizz that was uh, on Saturday afternoon got a little overshadowed by the football game as well. I don't know uh, if I'm at liberty to talk much about the details of what I'm about to tell you, but I do think it's worth mentioning just because, um, again, the emotions of sports. So Money Williams, uh, he had a, a, a family tragedy happen to him last week. That's as much as I can tell you. I've never met the young man still, so I don't feel comfortable telling you anything other than he had something very sad happen to him last week. And then on Saturday, he, in his first career start for the Grizz, inserted in the starting lineup as a true freshman, and has 21 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists, plus a pair of steals to lead Montana to a resounding 75-58 win over San Jose State of the Mountain West. So impressive on the Grizz side of things and a good job by Money Williams. Hope, uh, hope it all, hope it all uh, becomes okay. You know, tragedy is a, a tough part of life, but I just thought that was a, a silver lining to what was a, a, a tough deal for that kid. The Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Call in from a caller. They they ask, is there pressure always being in the playoffs and on national TV um, for Montana? I mean, I don't know. I I, I think that... I think if the Montana Grizzlies have Bobby Houck as their head coach and their program has the principles and values that it want that, that they want it to be about, then the expectation is to be on national TV. The expectation is to be playing, you know, under the lights, in front of huge crowds, all that sort of stuff. So 
Uh, sure, pressure might be the right. I don't know if pressure is the right word. I think there's an expectation, and I think if there is pressure, it's good pressure, and it's self-administered pressure, and I think that this Grizz team is as good at handling that pressure as uh, as any team we've seen in a little while. Oh, thank you for this as well. I guess so. I, I guess I don't know how much we want to extrapolate on it, but um, I guess this is public information. Money Williams lost his father last week, so bummer for him, man. But you know. And again, sports aren't everything. Sports aren't the only thing. But to be able to channel that loss into some positive energy and, and do what he did on Saturday, pretty darn impressive for a, an 18-year-old kid. All right, let's get back to talking Grizz football. Of course, if you're just joining us or if you don't have any idea what's going on, Montana, a 49-19 win over Delaware. That's eight in a row for the Grizzlies. The Big Sky Conference champions roll into the quarterfinals of the playoffs. Before we get to the three big things, Andrew, I was thinking about this. This is actually the third quarterfinal appearance over the last five years for for Montana. Bobby Alex has been back for six years, but it's been five seasons because there wasn't a 2020 year. And uh, so they've gotten to this point three out of the last five years. This, and, you know, last year, it's just like what the Cats has had happen to them. I mean, you know. You play North Dakota State around early and you go around less far because that's just kind of how it goes when you play to NDSU. This just feels way different to me, though. Does it feel different to you? It does because they're, they've got it lined up. They've got home. the home field advantage. Right, right. That is, I mean, we point this out every year when we're talking about the FCS playoffs. That is the number one thing that matters in the FCS playoffs. No, that's, that's why right. it was such a shock when MSU won on the road to Sam Houston no, for sure. and won that game a couple years ago. That is the number one determining factor. So, of course, it feels different, and you can plot it out in your head, too. Even if they were had a home game in the second round in previous years, you're, you're looking at it, and you're like, well, NDSU's coming up. they yes, got to go to right. Fargo in a couple rounds. This year, they don't. It, it's all out in front of them. It's so true. And, you know, a couple years ago, they were going to, to play – Weber State in a sleet storm in Ogden. And then, you know, the 2021 deal, a lot of people thought that Grizz team got jobbed on the seeding. And, you know, even though Sam Houston was undefeated in the defending national champions, a lot of people thought that James Madison was way better than Sam Houston. And the Grizz just had to go to Harrisonburg, you know, because of the draw. And they ended up playing what was, in my opinion, the second best team that year. And they just had to play them around early. So sometimes it really is the draw. But that's the thing, like you mentioned, the Grizz have the draw. So uh, I certainly think that's a that's a huge boon. One other thing, I've gotten a ton of messages about this. We have said over the last several weeks that Montana and Montana State each only have one true road win in their playoffs history. That's because that's how it's noted in the NCAA records and in the school records. But I got a, several texts from people and emails as well saying that we have this wrong, that Montana actually has two road victories in its playoff history. And what the people are citing is when the Grizz won the 1995 National Championship game against Marshall, it was in Huntington, West Virginia, and it was at Marshall Stadium. So... Don't shoot the messenger. I just report it as that the Grizz only have one true road win because that game, in its technicality, was at a neutral site. It just happened to be the neutral site of the team that went to the national championship. So I am not disregarding whatsoever the fact that Montana beat Marshall in their home stadium to win the national championship in 1995. Just the technicality of the history is that that was technically 
a neutral site game, even though anybody that was there knows that there was 27,000 Marshall people there and about 2,000 Grizz people there. So it certainly was a, a home field advantage. All right, let's do three big things about the Grizz. First of all, and I'm going to lean on Andrew on this because he was on he was at the game. The first big thing, though, is if the Grizz make a huge play on special teams, they block a kick or a punt, or they have a huge return or a, a return touchdown, and they also run the ball effectively, the magic number is about 200 yards, but if they get over 250, that's even better. But if they make a huge game-changing play on special teams and they rush for more than 200 yards, they're basically unbeatable. And that that seemed to be the uh, exact formula. And then you score a defensive touchdown as well. It's like, it's all over about the crying at that point. Well, it's exactly true, and it makes sense if you think about it just from a general football standpoint, right? You make a huge play on special teams or you score a defensive touchdown that is essentially like stealing a possession. It's a, it's a you know, Delaware coach Ryan Carty said it in his post game. It's a 14-point swing when Jackson Lee picks the ball off the ground and takes it back 56 yards for a touchdown. So you get that 14-point swing, and then you run the ball. You're able to sit on it. You're able to control the game from there. It just makes sense that those two things sort of go hand-in-hand. Hand. All right, play the bit, Bobby Houck, on that dynamic. Certainly a good play, and uh, I mean, what defines this season for the Grizz and Bobby Houck's style more than Sawyer Rockinelli, a kid who um, joined the team as a transfer from Washington, was supposed to be one of, if not the go-to guys, blows out his knee. By the time he gets back, Junior Bergen, Aaron Fonts, and Keelan White have all emerged, and Rockinelli has to take a back seat, but then he finds himself a new role as a special teams ace, and he's contributed in a big way. No one's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I don't know what's going on with those bits, but I just heard that uh, that one uh, not working as well. So uh, let's just kill the Grizz bits. We'll just keep talking Grizz. And uh, I think the cat ones worked, though, because the Brett Vegan one did. So we'll get to those here uh, just a little bit. Second big thing about the Grizz, it's our Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Bobby Houck actually said that this team's not built for bad weather because of the offensive line being more athletic than being more like road graders. And uh, he's got a quarterback from Houston, Texas. You heard it there in his opening statement. So that that that, uh, that bit was a little bit null and void anyways. But just I think that Bobby Houck saying that, though, Andrew, is actually there's, – there's more to it than just that because he's – for so long, Coach Houck was, here's what we do, this is how we do it, these are our strengths, and he never acknowledged any sort of weaknesses. That, to me, is one of the keys of this season where he's been like, okay, here's what we're good at, here's what we're not good at, let's go do what we're good at. And that's why their offense looks so much better. It's why their defense looks so much better. I, I just think that, that the flexibility and sort of the self-awareness has been one of the keys of this season. And I think this, the little things, like him admitting that, is, uh, I, th- I think it's just sort of a big deal. And I think it's a well-taken point, too, Coulter. I, uh, You know, 
they didn't throw it a ton. Clifton McDowell, I yeah. think, was 10 of 19. They were throwing it a lot more than I expected early in that game. I mean, come out, throw it on the first two plays. Of course, Cliff throws the interception on the second one. Uh, but I think that's partially why, right? They weren't entirely confident in their running game with that offensive line uh, in those conditions, which is interesting. And it was, you know, it was one of my favorite answers that Bobby Houck has given this season. For sure. Just in terms of him being able to illustrate and articulate pretty succinctly a point about football that I don't think a lot of other people in that room had considered. Sure. Maybe maybe you've thought about that. I certainly had not noticed that, even though I've been covering this team all season. So in that way, it was it was uh, a really fun answer to get from him. Well, the, the lines at Montana, the offensive line is built all the way on athleticism. That's the number one adjustment that they've made within the scope of this year is widening the splits, letting those guys get out in space, moving them around, and letting their athletic quarterback do the same thing. Their D-line, I know their D-linemen besides Alex Gubner are – very small by Division One standards, but they're also very fast. That's why they recruit them. So th- that part makes sense to me. And then the other part that Coach Elk didn't acknowledge, because he knows he doesn't have to acknowledge, is they got a whole bunch of linebackers and safeties from Montana that are perfectly fine playing in the snow. Right, exactly. It's uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic to watch. But uh, And the thing is, is that the offensive line was just as fired up as everybody else to be playing in those conditions, so it, sure. it worked out. Uh, third bit thing about the Grizz, Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. This Grizz train is fully rolling now. They are an absolute locomotive. I, I don't know how, if you're an opposing team, especially if you're from Greenville, South Carolina, like Furman is, that you possibly prepare to come in here because they have everything going for them. They're playing as a singular unit. They have as great of a team dynamic as any Montana team since the 2009 Grizz. They have insane momentum within the scope of their season. From the loss at NAU, they have gone from squeaking them out against ranked teams on the road to absolutely beating people down. So the momentum within the scope of this season is nuts. And... Then you talk about home field advantage, national television, under the lights on Friday night. Like, I don't even know, as Andrew so eloquently wrote in his game story, Montana actually left a lot to be desired on Saturday, yet they still completely just blasted Delaware, just ran them out of the stadium, beat them by 30, even though the offense was fine and there was some stuff and yada, yada, yada. It didn't matter. So the art of building momentum within a season has always been one of Bobby Houck's great strengths. They haven't been able to fully capture that in round two since he returned. And uh, now they have. And I I just, I don't know how you go about preparing to play this Grizz team because you're you're playing so many other dynamics than just the X's and O's on the field. It's absolutely right. I mean, like you said, I wrote it in the game story. You look at a bunch of stats and Delaware didn't actually play that bad. Delaware had... Higher time of possession, only gave up two sacks. I mean, that's the pass rush has been huge for the Grizz this year. They did okay facing that. You still lost by 30 points. I mean, they, right. they, and it's not even that they couldn't handle. I mean, there weren't a ton of crucial, like, false starts in the red zone. It's not even that they couldn't handle the noise. It's just, yeah, 
there's so many, so many different things that go into it, and you're just not going to be able to reach the level of intensity that the Grizz are playing at. And I think the other thing, Coulter, and this would have been my big thing about the Grizz, what do you stop on offense? Because I think the biggest thing about this season and the biggest thing that I've seen in the last month or so, the receivers are playing out of their minds. That's right. Fonts, Bergen, Keelan White have leveled up, I think, over the course sure. of this season. And that's a group that I was kind of down on yes. going into the season. Phenomenal. The separation that they're getting, uh, the great catches that they're making, the way they're working with Clifton McDowell, you can't stop that and you can't stop the run game. What do you do? And that's right. And, and their unselfishness is the key to the whole thing because if a, a defense schemes to take Junior Bergen and Aaron Fonts away, then whoever your third guy is is getting killed by Keelan White. He's just better than him. It doesn't matter who you are in the country. That's point blank a mismatch for the Grizz. Any other combination you want to say, though, to take away Bergen and White, Fonts is killing you. But that wasn't the case two months ago. No, that's exactly right. And I think that they deserve so much credit for that. And I think Brent Pease, the offensive coordinator, as well as the rest of the offensive staff, deserve so much credit as well. So I was now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Let's take a break real quick, and then we'll come back with some of the stuff about the Cats. And we'll also keep talking Grizz, Cats, and SCS football playoffs with Marty Mornenweg, the, uh our go-to guy when it comes to talking all things football uh, in hour number two. Back right after this. From the uh, Instagram news feed from the University of Montana, President Seth Bodner, he's offering to pay for up to 3,000 student tickets to Friday night's game. That's pretty cool. We, uh, we've had the unending argument about what does success on the football field do for a university as a whole, the boost in enrollment, and all that sort of stuff. Well, if you can really get 3,000 kids there and the president's paying for all of them, it's a good start. No one is now ESPN Radio. It's Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash in Missoula. Gave me three big things about the Grizz. How about three big things about the Cats? First of all, Montana State, they lose 35-34 in overtime to North Dakota State. A blocked extra point in OT is the determining factor. The kicking game calamity for the Cats this year is just, it's quite frankly unbelievable, and in a lot of ways, it's completely unacceptable. The Cats had all-conference kicker and punter last year. Blake Lester hit 24 field goals, which was a Big Sky Conference record, and they grad transfers to UCLA. Bryce Layton, who was an all-Big Sky guy, he decides to just forego his last season and just keep doing school. So they bring in Brennan Hall as a guy out of SMU who, who they knew was going to be the kickoff specialist. He was great at that. Knew he was going to be the punter. He was great at that. Kicking, no bueno. He gets benched uh, before the season's over. Then they're rolling with Casey Katzman, who's a walk-on slash partial scholarship kid out of Butte, Montana. That's a tough spot to be in. I don't really know where you go. I'm not blaming the blocked extra point on the kicker or the snapper or anything like that because to get to that point, you need a whole bunch of other errors. But the fact of the matter is the Cats don't have a defined special teams coordinator. They got guys that are like special teams coaches that have that title, but they're also coaching other positions. They don't have like a full-time ST guy. We debated whether that's, you know, a good or a bad thing, or if that's like a manageable thing, something you can actually mitigate. I mean, at this point, straight up, special teams 
lost Montana State two of the four games they lost this year. They lost at Idaho, and they lost on Saturday because of errors in the kicking game. Should Brett Vegan have gone for two? Pretty easy to look that way right now. Yeah, yeah. If I'd have known I got blocked, I would have won for two. Um, no, we scored in one play. You know, um, we've been knocking, uh, knocking extra points through. Um, we should be able to knock extra points through, but that hasn't been the way it's gone. So, yeah, I, I know it's uh, it's easy in the make of, of overtime. You're going to have to go for two anyway. So I do think there's. Um, I get the question. I, I do, but no, we were going to. Tie it up and get the ball right back. Score one play um, and, and continue, keep fighting. So um, yeah, I appreciate your question. Brent, this just strongly today all season. Just describe the frustration level of that. Oh boy, I beyond frustrated. Um, you know, ultimately, that's a piece of the game that. Uh, uh, you have to excel in if you're, you're going to do the things that we want to do. And uh, far too often that didn't happen for us. Um, and, you know, it, it needs to. So we, we need to be able to count on uh, being able to knock those kicks through. And, and we weren't uh, we able to do that today, nor in some other games. So you know, we need to get that piece corrected. So you may think about the Cats here on the Montana Football Hour. Playoff Tommy Vallad is real, man. It is a real thing. And they're going to have to figure out a way to keep this kid in one piece because he has suffered completely devastating injuries three playoff games in a row. I mean, it was basically a busted leg against North Dakota State in the national championship in 2021. It was a head injury against South Dakota State in 2022. And we don't have a full diagnosis of what happened to Tommy Vallad on Saturday. But I, I promise you it wasn't good. It was an ugly scene. He was in so much pain. It, it gives me chills just even trying to describe it. It was horrible to watch what happened to this poor kid. And uh, it's a, it's an injury that's going to affect him. I, you know I, He is such a strong, hardworking guy that he's going to be back. I, I guarantee it because he, he just has such an indelible spirit. But to watch it happen was brutal. And to have it happen when he was playing like he was, he threw for over 200 yards, rushed for over 150 yards. He was absolutely out of his mind. I would argue one of his three best games as a Bobcat and probably his best since South Dakota State in the semifinals. Here's his head coach on Tommy Mallott. Tommy, um, how's he doing? And just um, what's, I mean, how great was that performance run? It seemed like one of the best games he's had. Yeah, uh, boy, I thought he'd battle. I thought uh, that's who he is. I mean, he is going to give give this program everything that he possibly has. He's an awfully talented young man, and he's a, he's a runner, he's a thrower, and I think he showed all of that today. Um, he's a quarterback. He's, you know, um, he's a leader, and, and you know, I, I don't know the severity of his injury, but obviously he couldn't play anymore. Uh, you know, that, that did hurt us, but, uh, you know, yeah, that was... Um, Tommy was a warrior today, and I thought the you know throws that he made, and, and uh, certainly the runs, and, and you know, I mean that's the type of performance we needed from him, and he gave it to us, and you know, uh, it's, it's 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 really unfortunate that it wasn't ultimately enough because I think he did everything he could. And the third big thing about the cats, there's no real other way to slice this. If you're on the Montana State side of things. That's the single most excruciating loss for your football program, I would argue, probably since 1997 
when they lost on a last-second field goal to the Grizz in the midst of the streak. And other than that, I mean, I, I would say that that's one of the two most excruciating losses in the Division One AA slash FCS history of Montana State football. That dates all the way back to 1978. That was as um, disappointing of an ending to one of the most disappointing seasons of the modern era for Montana State. And because they got whipped by the Grizz and then got, then they lost in heartbreaking fashion to one of their other rivals, this is going to be a long and complicated offseason for Montana State. Here's Brent Vegan on the disappointments of the year. How would you just sum up the way this season ended and the, the disappointments of the end of the season? You know, I, I that's a hard question to ask right right here as I sit here. I, I think um, you know, as we we move down the road and you assess where we're at, um, you can sit and say, "Well, we were so close," but that's we're not interested in that right now. Whether it was today or a couple of those other Saturdays. Um, we're not interested in being close. And what you hope is uh, you got a, a group of um, men in that locker room, 90-plus, uh, that recognize the things that, and coaches alike, recognize the things that, uh, you know, that we gave up um, over the course of time that didn't allow us to do the things we wanted to do. Uh, that's a hard pill to swallow. It is a hard pill to swallow, but that's just where we're at. And, and life doesn't always go the way you want it to. It, it, uh, it doesn't. Um, on both sides of it. And, and this is this hurts. This hurts for for a lot of reasons. Um, you don't want to see this group, uh, their story, come to an end. But it but it has, and you know we got to move on. And like I said, those 90 plus guys, all the coaches, we need to look at where we're at and, and keep moving this thing forward. I got to say, I can't imagine how difficult it is to lose like that and then have to come sit in front of 20 TV cameras and, and talk. Brett Vegan gets to coach again. The, there was no seniors at the press conference from Montana State because these guys were, they completely lost their composure. And, and how couldn't you? I mean, it's, this is what a thrill for North Dakota State. They celebrated like no team I've ever really seen as a visiting team at one of the two Montana stadiums. And what a gut-wrenching loss for Montana State. We'll keep on talking MCS playoffs plus NFL Monday afternoon quarterback coming at you. This has been the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.